Welcome to the Not So Typical Family Podcast with Juan and Jen, where we hope to provide an honest perspective on marriage, family, and our faith. Here are your hosts, Juan and Jen Benito. Hey everyone, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the last few episodes and you've caught up with us. Um, Truth be told, this is take number 15 probably because recording has not gone good lately. Um, We tried to do a marriage uh, episode and that didn't work almost at all. It wasn't that bad. It was pretty bad. Couldn't agree on stuff. Most of the stuff. So we're moving on and Juan found a question on our Facebook Down Syndrome support group that he wanted to discuss. So the question that came up was, how has having a child with Down syndrome impacted your relationship or your marriage? And we wanted to talk about that today, but more than just that, I think we wanted to talk about kids. So having kids in general, and how does that impact a relationship in a marriage? Because I think that's somebody, or something that everybody with children can relate to. So a little bit about us. We have never had, not had children, <laughs> I guess would be the... We have never not had children <laughs> in our relationship. So we got married at 18 and 17 years of age. Jen was pregnant and Joey was born how many months after we got married? Three months Three after months. we got married. And he has been with us this whole time. And, well, I'm just saying, <laughs> could have sent him away. And now we have four kids. Right. So all our kids are two years apart, uh, roughly. Except for Jana, who was nine years difference. But uh, we did that on purpose because we wanted them close in age. So, yes, starting out early, we've always had kids. It was just something that our marriage has always consisted of. So for us, it was different because we've never had that experience of... Kid-free living. Yeah, that sounds nice. (laughs) But we keep bringing in more kids, so I don't think we'll ever (laughs) get there. At that one point, we would celebrate because of the fact that we knew once Jalen was 18 and hopefully off to college, then we would still be in our early 40s and we would be able to experience that kid-free living. And then we brought Peanut home. So now, yeah, we have kids. Yeah. So it comes down to how does having not just a child with a disability, but any child impact a marriage and some of the stressors that our cause so again these are just our personal experiences and things that we've been through um if we talk about jan a little bit so bringing her home having to adjust to i don't know i don't want to say how demanding she was of our time but how much attention she required from us and how much more we had to dedicate to help her with little tasks i think severely impacted our relationship for the good or for the I don't know where you're going with that. Well, no, I think both <laughs> negatively and positively. I think that there's been a lot of positives and there's also been a lot of hardships that have come from it. Right. So um, I kind of just scanned some of the responses that this woman on the, the group got back. And for the most part, I think everybody said... Uh, having a child with special needs improve their relationship. So some of them said it didn't affect either way of having a typical kid or a special needs kid, that their marriage was the same. Um, I think a lot of it has to do on how your marriage was before you bring in a child of any ability. Um, There's an old 
wives tale thing that like kids fix your marriage i guess no, I think it's a myth, not a wise tale. Just believe, I don't know what it is. It's a like if, if your marriage is in trouble, they're bringing a child and it's going to just make you unite and make it stronger and bond. Yeah, kids don't do that at all. And I know, <laughs> at least with our three older kids, um, our marriage wasn't healthy to begin with before they came along. And so, if anything, I feel like they caused more division with us um, because we were not planning on raising them the exact same way. It's added stresses. It's it's extra people that you have to devote time to other than your spouse. I think it comes it comes down to communication. So I think because our communication was horrible in the beginning, right? Um, we did things differently. I think our expectations for each other were different. Our parenting styles were different, and then we came into it and brought a child in and then didn't communicate on how we were going to do things and somehow we expected that to work out right I don't think as far as parenting our expectations were drastically different um you were very hands-on as a as a dad and that was pretty awesome because I've seen husbands who aren't and so um I never felt like I was completely on my own there were times throughout our marriage that I feel like work or other situations became a priority over us and the kids but overall we've been good teammates when it comes to parenting so how do you feel that Jana was different as opposed to our other kids so a big difference I noticed is um when she was four or five months old we started therapy with her and I became in charge of that so I made sure she was at every therapy um I went to all the meetings that we needed to do. I pushed her throughout the day to do all the activities and exercises that she was supposed to do. And you got to come home at the end of the day and be the happy, uh, loving parent who just let her do what she wanted to do. And that was sometimes hard because I felt like if she didn't meet her goals, it was on me. It wasn't on the whole family. So you think that impacted you personally? Right, because I felt like it was all on my responsibility. You didn't have the same demands to be at all of her therapies and to work with her and to see her progress. I had to sit there and force her when she was crying or having meltdowns and when she didn't want to do it anymore. So that perceived failure, though, was that something that you put on yourself? or? Um, I don't know if it's something that just me. I've heard of a lot of moms that I've spoken to who have said the same thing, that their child's successes are their successes and their failures are their failures because we're literally having to teach them everything so if you're not there at every therapy if you miss a therapy if you're just not in the mood to do all the exercises that they're supposed to do you think okay did I just set her back like three days because I didn't want to do it where the other kids I didn't have to do any of that I mean I used to do uh, baby aerobics with them to play and I would bend their muscles and actually do a lot of the stuff that they used to do with peanut but I did it for fun. I didn't have to literally teach them step by step by step what they needed to do. But again, do you think that that's a realistic expectation to put on yourself? I mean, regardless of, I understand that how much you push her and that is going to impact her, but she also has her limitations. Right, no, I mean, we've been working on just walking now for almost two years, and... I've given up on the point of it's my fault that she's still not walking because 
it's totally up to her. It's what day she decides. I mean, she can go to therapy and completely rock it, and she walks everywhere, and she's doing amazing, and then we go the next week, and she refuses to take a step. So um, I've kind of given up on the point that her failures and successes all come on me. Okay, and that's kind of what I was touching on, because I think that one of the things that we have noticed is, like you said, some of the moms do take that upon themselves. It's hard. It's like you don't have to do this with typical kids, and you don't have to worry about the eight therapist and are you doing enough, are you doing too much, are you balancing their childhood enough to just let them be. And I think that is one of the differences that we've noticed because we at one point were posting some of her videos, especially when she first started walking. And I remember we posted a couple of videos where she was using her walker and then some of the people were very supportive that understood and then I remember some of the comments were like, wow, she's walking with a walker, whoopee. Kind yeah, of like, not understanding you... that it took us eight months to get her to take those three steps with the walker. And people were like, well, why are you rewarding her for, you Miniscule, know? Minuscule? Minuscule. Achievements. Yeah, achievements. Yeah. And it, there was this criticism that came with it. But not understanding the backstory that that's, you know, six months, eight months of somebody working with her once a week. And then Jen working with her or us working with her almost daily to try to encourage her to be able to take four, five, six steps using some type of support um, and being able to to rejoice with her in that. And again, with our other kids, I mean, I remember them starting to crawl and starting to walk and it just kind of happened. And They were running and going crazy the next day. It wasn't a big deal. Um, I mean, it's always a big deal, but it's not years leading up to it. Yeah, of hard work to just get to those things. And I think that is one of the things that has been different is seeing how hard Jana has to work to achieve these minimal goals. Right. And how much work goes into achieving these minimal goals. But I think, um, yeah, therapies has always been kind of a separation on us. Um for a while, you weren't in a position at work to be involved in any of her therapy, so that was why it kind of fell on me. Um, now, you don't like to be involved because they push her and you don't like <laughs> that they make her cry. <laughs> but you are more willing to help me uh, in the evenings and on her free time. Yeah, that is something that I have to work. Somebody <laughs> purposely making my child cry is not something that I'm very thrilled about and our therapist didn't like you for a while take lightly yeah i don't think they like me being home no but it's gotten a little bit better and she also learned that mom's the one who pushes her and dad's the one who lets her slack and she knows that even today at church i was making her walk and she went right over to you knowing that you would let her just be carried and she wanted me to hold her and she smiled as soon as she picked her up like she knows how to manipulate you and she knows that she can't get away with as much with me. So so if we were to look at marriage in general, what are some other hardships that do you think? I, I mean, honestly, as difficult as we've had some situations, we've been blessed in the fact that she hasn't had any significantly long hospitalizations or, no, or things um, like that. And we have noticed some families. I mean, we recently spent time with a family who, I mean, spent months apart from their other children and from each other at weeks at a time because their child had heart surgery and was hospitalized. And yeah, so we've been incredibly blessed that the longest she's been in the hospital is about six days. And um, by God's grace, we were able to both be there. 
uh, for the most part for the whole time. Um, we were apart from the big kids, and that's always hard. Uh, hopefully this coming year with any big surgeries or things, because we're going to start homeschooling, they'll be able to actually be up there with us, not be apart if she has to have long stays. But, um, yeah, that always adds to the stress. Being in the hospital is not fun, and we're not the parents who go and stay at a hotel over the night. We're there with her nonstop. Sleeping on the floor, sleeping on... The tiny little chair that they give you. And they've always been really nice. They've never kicked us out when they know it's only like one parent is supposed to stay. They always let us both stay because they know we're traveling. But um, the lack of sleep and the lack of basic life that's going on, that adds stress and Yeah, and the one thing I can encourage is the more resources that you try to surround yourself with. I remember the first time we didn't realize that the Ronald McDonald house was open to us. I think we well, we like... thought as long as you, like if you stayed there in the room, like you could do everything. And we knew that we could go eat there. And we were like, oh, that's great. When we don't want to leave her, we can go eat there. That didn't make like sense. Three but days before It was like four days. And then finally one of the nurses was like, you know, you could shower over there, right? And I was like, oh my gosh. And <laughs> It was like the best shower ever because it had been going on like four or five days of no shower. I think shower. she was telling us because we probably smelled a little bit. I, that was like the best thing. And we've totally utilized the Ronald McDonald house now since then. Um, we even use it as a way to escape and take turns to go sit and have breakfast by ourselves. And um, we've even left her this last time while she was asleep to go eat dinner together. Yeah, and just to be able to pull away for a little bit. Um, have some normalcy is I think the big deal but I think the biggest thing for us has been learning to communicate learning to talk through not just our expectations but what we think you know what we expect or what we think is going to happen and and being able to do that now that I think it's a little bit different now because we have older kids so our oldest is 16 we have two of them in high school I think it actually helps though because we can communicate with them and keep them on the same page we've had families who have asked us, like, well, do you keep them secluded and not let them know everything that's going on? And we are almost 100% open with them. They know pretty much everything that's going on when we know. And we actually try to inform them before we tell other friends and family. So just, just a little side note, this is age-appropriate stuff. So Yeah, like, we're not going to tell them anything that they wouldn't be able to physically handle, but they or know... emotionally handle? They, they, they're aware of whatever... Uh, big things are going on in our lives that will affect them. I think one of the things we've always tried to do is kind of institute a family meeting policy. So where we would sit down as a family and just kind of discuss whether there was something going on, some concerns that we had. They don't like these family meetings now because every time we have one, we're discussing bringing in another child. So <laughs> every time we ask to have a meeting, they're kind of like, Ugh, yeah. who's coming now? <laughs> At first they would joke. It'd be like, oh, is mom pregnant? And it's like, no, we're adopting. And they're like, what? <laughs> now they don't joke about it anymore. No. But it goes back to that. And, and I think just in general, I mean, bringing two different individuals from different upbringings, different cultures, putting them under one roof is one thing. And then adding children to the mix. And it really does come down to communication. We've been open... And we'll share more about it later, about the fact that our first 10 years of marriage... Sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's being nice. It was, And it's just, we didn't know what we were doing. We were trying to figure it out. We were trying to 
you know, put the wheels on the cart as it was rolling down the freeway, as they say, and we were trying to figure out how to live with each other, how to communicate, and then how to raise three kids. And although for some God-given grace, our kids are amazing. Yeah, our kids are pretty incredible. Um, Which we've said that, I think, already three or four times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but we really are. We're blessed with the fact that, you know, somehow we, we managed to do that right. But in the meantime, we were sacrificing a lot in ourselves and in our relationship. And I think that's with any family. And the one thing that we learn through therapy um, is learning to communicate, not only with each other, but with our children as well. But I think having Pina and her disability and everything has also brought kind of a happiness into our home. Um, There's been so many nights where there's no TV on, nobody's on their phone, nobody's doing stuff, and we're just sitting there playing with her and laughing as a family. Um, She likes to make us laugh when she's in a good mood, and she'll do things on purpose to get people to pay attention to her. And I just feel like we've all bonded and been excited at things like that or when she's taking steps and she's willing to do it we're all right there trying to get her to walk to us and yeah and I do think one of the things that is different not only because we're older I'd like to think we're a little bit more mature <laughs> now that we have peanut um so I almost feel like we're getting a second I don't know second like they were our three guinea pigs and like she's our real one <laughs> yeah. yeah we got a real baby this time um and we're able to do that now but I think one of the things that she has helped us to do is to focus on the little things, like to learn to appreciate the little things and the day-by-day things, where before you spend so much time, I don't know. Just in life. Yeah, focusing on the big things. It's like you spend the whole year planning for your family vacation and saving up for that, and you kind of miss this whole year that goes by in preparation for that, and then that vacation never turned out the way you expected it to. I mean, I remember just our last big vacation was we spent – a year and a half planning and preparing and then we literally brought peanut home two weeks before we were supposed to drive to montana and then we had a six week old that we were taking with us at the time on a i don't know how long of a drive was that 20 hour drive I think so. something like that i don't that. know i didn't drive at all yeah but <laughs> but we spent all that time and again i think a lot of times we do that where we focus on the big thing and we overlook the day-to-day and that's the one thing she has helped us to be able to focus on the little stuff to appreciate the little stuff the little things that she's able to do the goals that she accomplishes daily i think that's had a really positive impact overall on our family dynamic so um just heading back to the question about how it's improved or strained relationships I think honestly the biggest thing that helped me as her mom and I think handled things better as your wife was reaching out and connecting with other parents who were going through the same thing because there's times where we felt very isolated and very um, secluded from everybody we knew and that gets lonely and that adds more stress and that adds a lot more pain when it doesn't need to be there. And not everybody has a support group nearby. No, all of my support is from Instagram moms that I love and connect with just about daily. There's a few of them that we, I mean, not a day goes by where one of us doesn't reach out to the other one because those are my people. Those are the people that I go to when I know I'm having a bad day. They get it. 
they've had those bad days too. And that was a support system that you had to seek out for yourself. Right. Because it, it took about a year probably for me to connect with people on that level. Because it's weird. Like, I never thought I was going to put my kid on Instagram and she was going to, you know, have all these people follow her. It's not really what we, it's not kind of people we are. But through that, I connected with so many amazing women. Um, I don't think the men have as big of a support. Um, I'm in contact with like maybe two or three dads, but even that, it's not, they're not as active reaching out as moms are. That's actually one of the things that we've talked about is going back and creating a support group for dads. Yeah, there's little ones I know in like San Diego has one um, where dads meet up and everything, but nothing seems to be on social media for dads. But again, I think kind of the the perception like you see like on the show and stuff like that the born this way and you have these big communities and these big groups and they get together and well if you live nearby or that's oh part my gosh of the group, like that's if your we city. lived near orange county she would have so many um opportunities and with, there is an amazing community that community is real what yeah. they show on tv it's just right there in that area that's yeah but that's problem. not i don't think that's the majority no and i don't i don't think most people outside of orange county have that area. i'm sure there are other groups that we don't know about like in larger cities but in rural cities where you're kind of out in the middle of nowhere and you feel isolated so it's being able to create that support group for yourself and that is one of the cool things about the internet is being able to do that now right and our friends and family who are here locally they They've done everything they could think of to help us and everything, but at the same time, they, there's still a difference. They're, they're not experiencing the same thing hands-on like we are. Um, we're teaching them a lot, and they're loving and willing to work with Pina and to cheer her on as much as we are, but there's still kind of a difference. And I think that goes with any children. I mean, even with our typical kids, I think for us, because I am a youth pastor and they attend our church and I am their dad and their pastor, one of the things that we've tried to do is surround them with other adults that they can confide in and talk to. I think they still just talk to us, though. Yeah, but they try. <laughs> well, I mean, we've at least tried to do our part to ensure that we surround them with other positive male and female role models that are going to influence them. And I think that goes with any family. I think the, the bigger of a support group that you have... You know, kind of that old saying, it takes a village to raise a child. Right, but we didn't have that the first 10 years of our marriage at all. The kids had some people that we were close to, but for the most part, it was just us. We were kind of on our own. We didn't reach out. We didn't look for support. We didn't uh, bring in the extra village to help with our kids. And so I think with Peanut, we've made sure to do that, and it's improved the other kids' lives too. Well, I think even before that, though, I think once we and this will come up later but after we separated and came back together we realized some of the things that we needed to work on and one of them was not isolating ourselves from people right and being able to do that and not only for the sake of our marriage but for the sake of our children and providing people for them too because I think that's one of the things that we did do is we did isolate ourselves and I think just with raising any children I think the better support system you have not only for them, but for yourself, being able to go out on date night, being able to spend that time together is always beneficial. Right. So I think overall, um, if you were to ask a lot of families with a child with Down syndrome, I think you would hear the consensus is 
that their marriage is better. Um, our situation is a little bit different with Peanut having autism as well because autism brings in a whole multitude of extra stressors and concerns um, that people with children who just have Down syndrome don't have. Um, so we've had to balance that out a little bit. Um, but for the most part, I would say the majority of families would say their lives are better because of their child. Yeah, and I think they've worked through the adversity. And I think if you work through it, it makes you stronger. Um, well, because like I said, you feel like you're on your own. So, like, you became my biggest teammate with her. You became my one who I talked to about all of it, about my fears with her. We dream for her. We do all of that together. And not to be the negative here, but on the downside of that, also being careful to not simply focus on that, too. Because we had to address that, too, where we would go out to dinner and all we would talk about is, well, therapy and schedules and well, this I'm a stay-at-home mom, and Pina is my life. Um, now Jalen is homeschooled, too, so she's home with me 24 hours a day, too. But for the longest time, Pina was my job. That was my whole day. No, and, and agree. But <laughs> the importance of being able to, I guess it's hard to leave work at work when your work is at home. But right making sure that you have that important or the ability to do that to be able to spend time with each other and focus on each other on something that doesn't have to do with the kids something right. that so doesn't understanding that i don't just have to be peanuts mom all yeah. the time and that that's not who you are you know yeah you are peanuts mother but that's not a hundred percent of who you are and right. again going back to that if it is then when she fails you fail and and all of that too yep but i think if we were to just simply address that question i mean i think every situation is different you know every child uh regardless of whether they're typical or they have a disability um but if there's any encouragement that i could offer anybody it's just simply communication learning to communicate honestly with each other yeah and i also think like our situation was a little bit different because we didn't have that birth story to where uh, we had time to mourn the fact that peanut had this disability but a lot of times i've I've heard a lot of stories of that causing a lot of problems in marriage because one is accepting and ready to take on this new journey and the other one is a little bit more resentful and scared. And if you don't talk about those things, it can cause a lot of issues right away. I think even in our relationship that we've had to address disability or differences in expectations too with her treatment and what we expect of her and what she'll be able to accomplish. And I think once we received that second diagnosis of autism, that was kind of like a wake-up call for us, too. Right, because I was, like, building up this, like, climbing up this huge hill that we weren't making any strides for. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, well, that makes sense. That's why. But that was an eye-opener, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the one encouragement that I could offer people is communicate. Communicate with each other and realize that hopefully you do have a partner there with you. Your spouse is there and they are able to um, be your biggest supporter as well and come alongside you and realize that you're a team and you're trying to do it together. I think. And also give each other the grace to be able to say, this really sucks or I never wanted a kid like this. I think that's okay to say because there's times where you feel that way, but it's kind of ridiculous to try to ignore the fact that you wouldn't feel that way. Yeah, and I think just being able to be honest, being able to be honest about the good and the bad. Right. About the struggles that come with it. And, you know, the days that you do go to bed concerned and disappointed 
or just really worried about what the future is going to hold for your family, for your child, and how you're going to address that. I don't know. Anything else you want to add to this? Topic which we kind of sort of addressed in a roundabout way. <laughs> um, no, just yeah, reach out to other people because I promise you, everybody has going through the same kind of thing. And for the dads out there that are probably not, not listening. listening to this, <laughs> for the wives that have husbands out there and would like to encourage them, um, you know, I'm right there with you. For me to do this, and I'm more of an introvert. In that sense, um, being able to provide that support as well. And hopefully in the future we'll be able to work on that and have some type of support group for dads. But it's kind of the same thing, having somebody to talk about and be able to address those expectations realistically and have those frank conversations about what's going on and what you're feeling. And for now, if I could encourage you, just be supportive of your wife and encouraging and be loving. And sometimes it's okay to just sit there and say, man, that sucks. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening, and hopefully we will catch you guys again soon. And we're out. We're out. Close it. Yay, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date. And if you'd like to learn more about us, check us out at www.benitofamily.com.